Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Good to have you with us on this Sunday morning. And looking forward to the conversation today. I think it's going to be really insightful with Dr. Tran, who we've had on before. She is the DO at MedFit Primary Care. Good morning, Dr. Tran. Good morning. I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, let's dive right into it because we're talking about alcohol and not just alcoholism. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And I I feel like we don't talk about it enough and there's still not enough education around it. What do you feel like is missing as far as the education and our conversations regarding alcohol? I think that the support, uh, really understanding if you yourself have a problem, um, how to recognize the signs, and even more importantly, um, family, friends, you know, those who are close to the individual who may have an alcohol problem, I think there is still just that people feel lost on where to go in order to find real help to get them on a better path. And is there a difference between somebody who is misusing alcohol and maybe doesn't have a great relationship with alcohol and somebody who's an alcoholic? Yeah, you know, there's certain certain red flags, especially as a medical provider. You know, we have certain things that we look for as far as, you know, if you have an alcohol problem, typically you uh, have a sign of withdrawing yourself from social situations. So you may not, you know, see friends or family uh, struggling at work. Uh, one of the big signs is, is that you need alcohol first thing in the morning. We call them eye openers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're definitely strong cravings and you know for those uh, can also recognize just the amount just kind of have an awareness of you drinking just for the occasional dinner or are you finding yourself drinking a couple glasses each and every night um, mm-hmm. it's certainly an important topic to talk to your doctor and what issues can it cause someone if they are misusing and abusing alcohol uh, you know, that's a great question. You know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I think that's why it's important for us to talk about it. It can really lead to significant depression and anxiety, and it's just so important because, you know, we, we have the pandemic, we have the economic recession, there's so much going on, and, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, some individuals do turn to alcohol to cope, and that exacerbates whatever mental health condition they may have that might even be undiagnosed. So if you have anxiety or depression, or maybe you suffer from panic attacks, if you even just a little bit of alcohol, are you saying that can actually make it worse? Absolutely. It's it's kind of a vicious cycle. So, you know, alcohol is so tricky because it helps you relax. It calms you down. It hits the pleasure part of the brain. So you actually feel good, but it's only temporary, mm. right? And the problem is, is, is that that temporary effect goes away. And then that person and says, hmm, you know, you almost require even more alcohol to create the same effect. All of a sudden you're caught, you know, you caught yourself into an addiction cycle right. where it does worsen the feelings of depression, cause you to have panics, and then all of a sudden it, it actually affects your ability to function day to day. And I know you talked about how it affects the brain, and I would assume that it, because you always hear about how it lowers inhibitions, and that mm-hmm. is true, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's 
it's a, you know, the brain is just a phenomenal thing. It, it releases these chemical hormones, you know, that, like I said, it, it calms you down, but it slows everything down. And when I, what I mean by that, it can slow your speech. It can slow your thinking pattern. And then cumulatively, what happens is, is that it actually can lead to making poor decisions. So, mm-hmm. you know, impulsivity, um, those who, you know, unfortunately get into a car and drive while they're under the influence. So, you know, it, it's, a, I mean, it truly is considered a toxic and the brain just causes all of those miscommunications, uh, which then leads to, you know, decisions that can put you into harm. Well, and I guess maybe the next question then, as we're talking about all the bad things about alcohol, are there any positive attributes like red wine? We've heard for a long time, hey, a glass of red wine that can actually help you. What is the latest research, though, on that? Yeah, you know, it, 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 the American Heart Association did, you know, um, you know, post the study that uh, showed that there is some heart protective effects where it does raise your good kind of cholesterol. You know, that's a good thing. And it also has a mild blood thinning effect that can lower your risk for a heart attack. But again, there's still ongoing studies that even challenge, you know, that statement. The, the reality is there's so many more healthier ways to protect your heart, you know, obviously as a medical weight loss doctor, we teach our patients, you know, the right diet and exercise. So, you know, I think alcohol is okay in limitation and social settings, but we really need to just recognize that there are other other ways to be healthy. Well, and speaking of you being a medical weight loss doctor, how did alcohol impact someone who's trying to lose weight? You know, that's a very good question. I, I'm glad that you asked this because alcohol actually will slow your metabolism down, you know, because your body thinks that alcohol is a toxin. So your liver is in charge of getting rid of that alcohol out of your body, but it essentially stops you from metabolizing because it has to focus on another thing. Uh, over time, if you continue to drink alcohol, it turns into, you know, cumulative fat. There's actually, um, you know, fatty liver disease. And um, again, it can really be, a, I call it a party pooper when it comes to losing weight for sure. Yeah. And so fatty liver disease, you bring that up. And I have known so many people whose doctors have said, hey, you've got fatty liver disease. What is that? And you talked about mm-hmm. alcohol contributing to that. Yeah, alcohol is actually one of the more common causes for fatty liver disease. Essentially, what happens is it's just, you know, when your body isn't metabolizing, it starts to accumulate excess fat. And the liver is actually what stores that fat. But if it is in excess, guess what happens? It can lead to liver failure. Mm. Now, here's, here's the catch. There's actually a condition called non alcoholic fatty liver disease. So even individuals who don't drink alcohol but have, you know, conditions like insulin resistance, they tend to have a higher diet in sugar and carbs also can convert into, you know, what we call triglycerides that ends up in the liver too. So it's so important to get, you know, routine blood work, detect to make sure your liver is functioning okay. But, you know, the liver is very important. You do not want to mess with your liver. Right. So (laughs) if somebody somebody does get diagnosed with fatty liver disease or non-alcohol fatty liver disease, can that be reversed? Absolutely. 100%. You know, again, it is absolutely much easier when it's detected early on. But like I said, it's all about reducing your weight to a healthy weight. Again, 
changing your diet and exercise so that you are converting that sugar and metabolizing those carbohydrates much more efficiently mm-hmm. and give your liver a break so that it goes back to really, you know, doing its job of detox and, and get rid of uh, foreign things that just don't belong. Um, that, that will certainly help. And so when you say give your liver a break, are you talking about a break from alcohol, from fatty foods or all the above? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. When it, when it has excess fat, it's working harder, just like the heart. If you do have more weight on your body, guess what? Your heart actually has to work harder as well. That's why individuals, you know, are susceptible to high blood pressure. You're just putting a lot of strain on your body. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so important, especially, you know, I'm in my 40s. Uh, I have an eight-year-old daughter. I I plan on, you know, staying young, you know, for many more years. So at this age, it's really important to take care of different aspects so that, you know, my heart and every organ in my body does last, you know, for a lifetime. Well, I think it's so interesting. Since you are a medical weight loss doctor, that is your expertise. That is what you studied. Uh, We keep hearing about more and more problems in our health that are tied to being overweight. And I feel like alcohol and and overweight, they just, when they go together, it really is kind of a dangerous situation. Absolutely. And it's so important because I, you know, I find that a lot of patients have a misunderstanding. You know, sometimes they come to me and say, you know, Dr. Tran, I don't have any medications that I have to take. I don't really have any lab work that is, you know, abnormal, but I am overweight. And so they're under this, uh, you know, false impression that they just have a weight problem. And I tell them, hey, it's a good thing that there isn't any abnormal lab work because when you see abnormal lab work, the damage is already done. And again, excess weight is kind of like, again, an extra dumbbell on your heart every time it pumps. It's added extra weight on your joints, your back. So just because we don't detect anything on on lab work or blood pressure doesn't mean, you know, uh, uh, the damage isn't already there. I kind of, uh, I hate to use this analogy, but sometimes I say, you know, like a, it's kind of like a flooded basement. Well, you know, um, it, it may be minor, but if you don't take care of it and you let that flood stay there in the basement, it starts to cause damage and, and it gets much, much more um, harmful and costly if you don't prevent in the first place. No, I think that is a great analogy. So for somebody that has had blood work done and they're seeing, uh-oh, now my I have high blood pressure, I'm overweight. So you're saying the damage has been done, but yet it can be reversed or it can't be for those kinds of things? It can. It absolutely can. So, but it, it does require, you know, a holistic approach from, you know, again, starting with diet and exercise, even sleep, uh, stress management. Again, mm-hmm. your body physically changes based on your habits. Sure. So again, you really want to just take care of yourself. And, and again, I'm in my 40s, so I'm not getting any younger. So I got to keep, you know, my heart going, those blood vessels, you know, nice and clean. And, and like I said, just just kind of like a, you know, like a car. You're just con- constantly doing the teen- tune up and just making sure everything is uh, rolling so, so that you can, you know, uh, live a, a nice quality of life. So if you're somebody that's overweight, maybe you've never had any blood panels done, you've never had any testing or anything like that, but yet you feel like maybe you're not feeling your best, where do they start? What should they do? 
you know, definitely a primary care doctor to just have the routine, you know, physical. Uh, I always promote cancer screening as well. You know, obviously, if you do have concerns about your weight and, and maybe recognize that you could improve on your diet and exercise, you know, they can certainly set up a consultation with me. It, it is nice because I have a specialty in both internal medicine and obesity medicine. It, it's just nice to kind of have a higher level approach to truly creating that healthy lifestyle. And do you find that people are surprised when they come in, maybe they're overweight, they've never had any testing done, you do the testing and you show them their results. Are they surprised by what you show them a lot? You know, they, they are actually, but the, in a good way, because I often reveal lab work that validates that their weight problem actually might be contributed by a chemically driven barrier, not so much just the diet and exercise. Because I have many, both men and women, they say, gosh, Dr. Tran, I've tried every diet under the sun. Mm-hmm. I exercise. I do everything on the outside. But then when they come to me, hey, guess what? You have to start from the inside first. Right. And, you know, I find joy because, you know, it's so easy once you detect what is the underlying condition. There's no guesswork. We create the straight path and patients feel relieved that, you know, it's not just the effort, but it's also cleaning from underneath. Right. I was going to say, I think so many times we hear about obesity and being overweight, being a lack of self-control, and yet you're going to do labs and show them that may not be the case. Yep. Absolutely. And then again, we want to just kind of remind patients that we want to let go of judgment. And I know that there's just a, a bias in society around obesity. Yes. Obesity is truly a medical disease. And if we could just take the, just what you see, the physical component out of it, also take the blame and shame out of it. This is truly a science science problem. And just a, again, a medical doctor, that's why I, I specialize in this so that I can have a, a greater understanding to share with my patients. Um, so that they, you know, no longer have to pull teeth, try to lose weight. It actually is easy Mm -hmm. once we identify that. Yeah, I love that. I love the work that you're doing. And tying up our conversation with alcohol, if somebody is suspecting that a loved one or maybe even themselves is having an issue, and we've talked about it being Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, what should they do? You know, absolutely start with your primary care doctor, even if it is a loved one and not yourself. But, you know, primary care doctors are very good about helping you, you know, identify the signs. You know, there are national organizations, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, there are many resources out there, and but it's so important to not do this alone. 100 percent. And uh, yeah, it's very helpful to find others. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are struggling, don't forget the new national hotline 988 is a great phone number to call if you're really struggling mentally. Absolutely. All right. Dr. Angela Tran with MedFit Primary Care. Thank you so much for your time today. Always great to have conversations with you. Thank you so much. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thank you for spending time with us on this Sunday morning. And for more information on this show or any of the other interviews that I've done, you can always go to the radio station's website. We've got them saved there for you. And you can listen to them as a podcast or listen to them whenever it's convenient for you. Go out. Have a great Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to our moms. And for anyone that is struggling today with it being mother, Day for various reasons, sending you out a lot of love. Go out, have a great Sunday, and remember to be kind to everyone.